Well, what you gonna get for Kyrie when he leaves? I want Kyrie gone. I I, I don't even care. Yo, give me the pack of Goya beans to get to that person in the Bronx. I'll take it in, in exchange for Kyrie. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need his services. He don't come to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what you know about Benchmark? Uh-huh. They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear. They're rapping Jersey, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? <gasps> what to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. When? This is his business, you know how they go. They playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. We know. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bitch Mob ENT. Before we even get into introductions, make sure y'all follow, like, hit that subscribe button below, share it with everybody that you know, even if you're in a situation like Steph's parents. You can share it with your new wife, new husband, your ex, we don't care. <laughs> share it with everybody. CJ. CBO in the building. How are you doing tonight, CBO? Good, man. Feeling good. Baby girl on the way in 16 days. It's getting real. Lit. Whoop, whoop, girl, dad. Yes, Mom. Smooth operator, beer connected, Davenport. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing straight. I'm, I'm doing good. It's a good night. I, ha- I had to point that out because, you know, some people got the Anthony Hamilton and it's a it's a talent to have it fully connect. <laughs> Hot take. Greg sends mirror. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm ready to talk about all this, this stuff that's going on. I'm excited. We're going to get straight into it. It is NBA beef season. You know, it's the off season and you got other things going on, but it's NBA beef season. Old media versus new media. You got Draymond. Got beef with Kendrick. You got KD, got beef with the media, period. You got Kyrie, that got beef with Stephen A. And then you, of course, got the Russ and the Skip beef. Old media, new media, Draymond going at Perk, calling him a coon. Where do y'all stand in this old media versus new media conversation? It's... It's, it's a conversation I've been wanting to have for a minute. I've been hearing about these rumblings for the longest time about the new media and what it, what it is in comparison to the old media and how Draymond really coined the term. But I think it's interesting. I've been, I've been having this feeling for the longest time that 24-7 sports coverage is, has been so toxic for sports culture. Shows like, you know, Undisputed and, and uh, First Things First and, and First Take. I mean, the more I've sat down and gotten a chance to watch these shows, I work from home and all that stuff, like, getting a chance to see all these things play out and see like how they have nothing to talk about 99% of the time. And they just create things to talk about. It, it's nuts. I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to create a, create a docket for this show when you have a week's notice. Sometimes it's difficult to fill it all out because it not it's, things aren't always going to be happening and not, and certainly not things that people always care about. 
So when you have to go and constantly reach for narratives every week and you, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to call Westbrook Westbrook every, every day and start a conversation about that or, or, and, you know, on Undisputed, what they'll do with the skip, you know, the skip's favorite thing is you just talk about Braun, you know, talk about how Braun sucks, talk about how Braun's this or that or whatever, you know, so create some narrative about Braun. It's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, we're talking about Braun wasn't even in the playoffs and a lot of the conversation that I saw in these morning shows was about him. It was about him and how yeah. random things affect his legacy. So the beef that these guys have with the old media, the beef that these guys have with the Stephen A. Smiths, the Nick Wrights and all these guys, I get it. Like, I get it to some extent. Um, the, on the Kyrie side of things, specifically, I just think he's dead wrong. Stephen A. Smith is right. Like, you don't go to work. Like, I, I know you don't. I know you don't come to work. You, you wasn't there for half the year last year. And you asked us for a max contract. There's no line of work where that happens. You don't, I don't get to not go to work for 75% of the time and go to my boss and be like, yo, I want more money. And they go, oh yeah, sure. Like it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So it, whatever, like that's, the, we, we can talk more about that if that's where I want to go with it. But for me, like it, it's getting, it's getting very personal between Kendrick Perkins and Draymond and all that stuff, but it's getting very personal. We can get more in depth, but from an overarching view, like the new media and what they're trying to do with, Draymond and these players, JJ Redick and these guys are trying to do and talk more X's and O's. It's, it's there's no personal attacks. You're not pushing a narrative, or a narrative or agenda. It's more about talking about the game. Um, I like it. I would consider myself to be new media. I don't think I'm pushing there. I, you know, I only makes fun of some dudes every here and there. But you know, when I talk about Westbrook, I'm telling the truth. Like it ain't. He was. He was. At, he he was horrible. Okay, <laughs> last year. I think I'm just being fair. So I I don't I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I'd, I'd consider this to be a new media type of platform based on what I understand it to be. I don't think they'll be out here just trying to push narratives on guys and nah, make I think I think all of us on here, we keep it to the sports aspect. We don't start talking about people's wives and all this stuff. And if what at any chance an athlete was like, yo, Tone, you went too far. On this show, we'd be like, all right, cool. We're not going to keep pushing it. A la Skip, he going to keep Keep it going. Greg brought up a good point. I want to ask y'all too. Like, do you think at some point, I know it won't happen, but at some point we should get away from the 24-7 coverage? Because I think that's part of the problem. 24-7 sports, you're gonna have to, you have to again create these conversations. It's not that much going on that we need to talk about it literally from six o'clock in the morning till two, three o'clock in the morning, just sports, 24-hour sports. Sports, sports. Do you think it should change at some point, like 24 hours of sports? I don't, I don't necessarily think it should change, but I think, you know, the main sports that they dominate talking about day in and day out are depending on the season, right? Most of the time it's basketball. Other times it's football. Baseball gets coverage here and there, but um, – I think they could use it as an opportunity to find storylines within other sports and, and do maybe more storytelling pieces rather than 24 seven coverage of sports where they're creating narratives in that sense. Um, because again, like you said, at that point, you're, you're creating a narrative to talk about conversation. I mean, for example, last year when, when Brady was considering retiring, like how long did they harp on that? Right? Like, it's like, you can only talk about it for so long. Why, why are you talking about this every, every episode for, for the whole month of, of February, whatever it was um, just, just things like that. But Tone, I want to go back to the point that uh, you and Greg were talking about when you, when you said pushing narratives, um, do you think like 
from a, a pushing narrative standpoint, Greg, what did, what did you, what was the thing that you said? You said, we don't think um, like we push narratives, right. Um, yeah. On this platform, but that got me thinking like, well, we're not as well connected to the players as some of these guys are right. Like skip and, and then they have contacts with the agent. So do you think that kind of like gives them a leg to stand on when it comes to pushing narratives and kind of pushing that conversation a little forward? I think they go out there and say, I'll give you an example. I think they go out there and say things to fill time because they have nothing else to talk about. Uh, the perfect example of that, and this is way back, is Skip starting this whole narrative that LeBron wasn't clutch. That was never true. By the numbers, he was more clutch than Kobe. You yeah. don't want to talk about. Like, by the numbers, he was, you know, like, he was in that top tier of clutch guys. Michael Jordan, those numbers are all comparable. Michael Jordan, Kobe, Bron, like, all those numbers are comparable, and they always have been, but he's been saying that forever because he's just trying to push an anti-Bron narrative. That's what he's these guys, these guys don't know basketball to the point where they can talk about it inside and out. They can't give you analysis in that way. So what they do is they pick a player to hate and then they drive, they drive on that narrative and they continue to talk bad about the player the entire time. So for Skip, it's LeBron, you know, like he's been riding on LeBron's coattails for years and he's made a career out of hating on LeBron. And I think it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe to say that no matter what Shannon Sharp or Stephen A. Smith says, that's my brother, yada, yada, he helped me. Blah, blah. Okay, whatever. The guy has made a career out of hating on a black man that's just the reality of his career. That's just, that's it, you know? And, you know, Stephen A comes off that way with certain, with, with you know, with certain individuals. But the difference with Stephen A is Stephen A knows the game of basketball. He does. Yes. And he's also honest, brutally honest, but he, his, his honesty is wrapped in humor. So he'll make fun of you while being honest. He'd be, like Kyrie. He'd be like, Oh, Kyrie saw a bird run into a, run into a, a wall and thought yeah. Man, Malcolm X and he's out. He makes jokes like that. And they're funny. But there's truth to that. Like Kyrie just misses, just won't come to work. He just he's he lets people down. It's true. He just does that. That's just yeah. the reality of that. I don't care. You know, I, I don't care that I'm from Jersey. He's from Jersey, and we have these connections. Like there's a truth to that. Like that's the reality of, it. or that he plays for my favorite team. If anything, I'm I'm more upset about that than anything else. Like it's because I'm the one suffering from that. You know. But you know, yeah. I think I think there's a difference between what Stephen A. Smith does and what Skip does, and pushing narratives is picking the you know picking a player and hating on that player repeatedly just for the sake of hating on them. So, you know, because you know it gets views. You know people are going to eat that up. And that's all it is. It's not constructive. It's, you know, this isn't construct, there's no constructive sports talk in it at all. Yeah. That's my take on that, I, you know. Something you just mentioned, too, that I think is pretty important and key to point out. Do we see this in any other sport, really, though? Closest is football. Closest is football. I, I don't think I see it. Even with football, we don't even see it to this level. You don't yeah, see it's not like, like that. You don't see like Tom Brady, like, yo, um, Michael Strahan don't know what he's talking about. I want to see him. I want to shoot the fade. Like, we don't see this. And there's no analyst that's hating on Tom Brady. There's made a career on hating on Tom Brady to that level or hitting on a particular football player. I mean, Odell's the closest thing. I think it was Odell was the first player I saw that made analysts like look like that. Like, they look like. Oh, he's trying. They're trying to hate on Odell because Odell was such a lightning rod. Like that was just he was, you know, like it was easy. He's very polarizing, so it was easy for people to do that kind of stuff. But football, generally, no, you didn't really see that. You know, I think now you see basketball is the main sport that you see that in baseball. Sure as hell ain't that sport. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares about Aaron Judge. Just talk about Aaron Judge. We're talking about Pete Alonso. We're talking about a Paul Goldschmidt. Y'all don't even know who Paul Goldschmidt Goldschmidt is. Like that's you know what I mean. Like people don't care. So I, I think basketball's because it's so entrenched in black culture and everyday culture, right. In, in American culture in general, like just the way it kind of meshes with that. It's easier to do that. These guys are very visible. You know, you know how much they make, you know, their faces, you see them all the time. 
you know, we, we even got guys who, who don't like Steph Curry and talk about Steph Curry. Now Steph Curry's gotten, he, he gets a pass on a lot of these things. He's easy. They take it easy on him. Like I always say, but that's good. I mean, that's how it should be for everyone, but it is, you know, they choose to hate you. They'll, 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 they'll drag that. Down. Miles, what do you think? I, I, what do you think about all this? this new media, old media stuff? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Um, I'm over here trying to get my laptop to co- cooperate with me, but um, <laughs> no, I'm over here stressing about that. No, um, with this old media, new medium, like you, you guys are saying, um, they try to find things to talk about on a daily basis keeps the convo going consistently, which I don't know if they should do that as much as they do. I, I like, I appreciated Draymond's way of going about things in the playoffs. You get the, the breakdown of each game, you get the X's and O's, you get, you know, a player's perspective on this. Some of these, you know, the old media are guys who watch sports. They didn't really play it at a high, high level, high enough level to, give you insight on on different things that that you'd want out of out of this that's why now they have jj reddick you know draymond green coming along and they're honest they don't try to push these different narratives like when when some of these guys attack lebron jj he puts it in in perspective he's like hold up you guys are wrong i'll give you the facts why and i'm gonna shut down whatever you guys are talking about so I mean, I think the best thing to do is to mix the old with the new. So you get, you know, those two sides clashing a little bit, which, I mean, these are debate shows. You want a debate. You don't want everybody to just agree on every topic. You need everybody's perspective. Everybody has to have a side. And it makes these debates interesting. Like Get Out would be boring. If it was just everybody like, mm-hmm, I agree. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's the next topic? Like, I couldn't watch a show like that. You want somebody to say something that you think is outlandish, then you want someone to bring it back and be like, all right, I agree with him. And then they come back with something and it's like, oh, all right, that's a good point. So that's that's the thing. That's, that's what you want to see. But I mean, hopefully we get more of these guys from the professional ranks that want to step in and you know, not just try to grow their career by hot takes and all that stuff. They, they want to actually leave a legacy in, in the media. Kind of like, you know, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley's one of the most honest guys on TV. And that makes the TNT show as good as it is because you don't have guys just, you know, pushing an agenda. Charles doesn't care if he says something crazy. You could fire him, but he's going to still say what he wants to say. And nobody would fire him. So, but I, I don't know. Would he be considered old or new media? I think um, that by default, he's considered old media, but he's probably what you would say one of the good old media members. You know, some players got beef with Chuck, but for the most part, like you said, Chuck just being honest that you, if you got beef with Chuck, is typically you just being sensitive more, more times than not. Um, with that, do y'all feel Draymond is kind of being a little hypocritical when he mentions about new media, old media, and 
New media is about X's and O's and not pushing narratives. Do you think he's a little hypocritical by kind of crossing that line by calling Perk a coon and making it more than his analysis? Like, obviously, for the player, you're talking about the X's and O's. And then when you talk about the people working at ESPN, you should be talking about specifically, like, hey, you don't analyze the sport correctly. He took it to you a coon. There, there's this validity to that. It wasn't. It, there's some real validity to what he said because I, I've watched Perk on a numerous occasions. I mean, he had a he had a bit where he was wearing a jail suit. He had a bit on ESPN where he was barking like a dog. It, it's a lot of theatrics. But it's not. It's not solely him going out there and giving you his take on a particular player, or a particular scheme a team ran, and why a team lost the game. There's not a lot of that and that analysis going on from him. He does a lot of performing on ESPN. So I can see why Draymond, you know, why Draymond said what he said. It's like the way he sees it, you know, and tell me if I, tell me if you guys think I'm bugging. The way he sees it, it's like Kendrick is shucking and jiving for the white man. Like, you know, you're over here barking like a dog, wearing the, the jail suit on TV. Wearing a jail suit on TV as a black man is crazy. <laughs> and, he, and he did that. Like, he really did that. Like, I saw a clip, bro. It's crazy. So, uh, yo, I understood where Jaron was coming from. Obviously, you know, Kendrick will get defensive about it, right? I, whatever. People get defensive when you kind of call them out on their nonsense. I, you know, I don't think that Kendrick comes from a place where it's like, He's a bad person for it. I think he's just out here getting these checks. He's doing what he, you know, he's being entertaining, right? I think a lot of this is these guys buy into the showmanship aspect of it more than anything else. It's about showmanship on ESPN. And and, and Stephen A. Smith is the king of that. He's the king of that. The screaming A. Smith, like the yelling, right? The yelling to make a basic point that everyone knows, but you're screaming about it. Like it's showmanship. And he's admitted that. The raising the voice, the whole thing, like people, and and I understand it. Like people don't want to watch someone boring, getting monotone, give a take that we all know. That's not fun to watch. But the, the question about this old media, new media stuff is what, at what point is that too much? At what point, where are you crossing the line? Where's the line for you? Because Kendrick, I, he, I think he crossed the line. Okay, when you wear a jail suit on TV uh, as a black man, I think you crossed the line. And then and, and the, the barking, it's just too much. It's, it's, just, it's just way too much. And he clearly says things to stir people up. There was a bit he, I watched, I told you, I texted you guys. I was watching his first take one morning. The morning after Steph Curry won a, won a championship, um, the last championship. And obviously he comes on TV to talk about the Mount Rushmore. He says that Steph Curry is fourth all time on his top 10. Fourth all time. He's arguing with JJ Reddick. He says he's fourth all time on his top 10. You're clearly trying to get a reaction out of people and stir something up. And you're saying, you're doing it by saying something that you don't even really believe. It's, out, it's ridiculous, it's outrageous. You know it's not true. Like, you know it's not true. He didn't even put Braun in his top four and his Mount, Mount Rushmore. He didn't even do that. I remember, like, this This really happened. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I think that he's he's definitely old media. <laughs> All right, he's definitely old media. And there's some validity to what Draymond was saying. I don't think Draymond was just saying it to pull it out of his behind. I, I understood what he meant. Draymond doesn't say anything without thinking. It's not really, that's not really his thing. Me, personally, I agree with everything you said right there. Maybe you go about it in a different way. Because one of the one of the biggest issues that we have with this old media versus new media thing, none of them pick up the phone. All of them are connected way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, because being called a coon as a black man on national TV 
on Draymond's platform, which his podcast kind of rivals some of the numbers that ESPN does. That's a conversation where let's have that on the phone. Let's talk about this behind closed doors. If you're going to use that word, he could describe everything that he said, yo, the jail suit, this, that, and the third, but then going to the coon aspect, let's, let's talk about this behind closed doors from black man to black man. Like don't, the coon, that rightfully so, that's going to hit a different chord. Yeah. That's going to hit a. Yeah. But, but at the same time too, like, this is what Draymond does. Like he he's honest to to his fault, right? Like he says what's on his mind, and I'm sure he thought about what he said. But at the end of the day, like he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's gonna tell you how how he really feels. And like it's up to you to react however you want to react to it. Um, and dang, Miles just left. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean Dr- Draymond, he he he's not like trying to get that that ESPN deal or anything like that. So again, and if, especially too, like if he's not vibing with Perk, right. And if he really doesn't, you know, give, give a rat's behind about Perk, he, he's going to tell Perk, you know, what, what his true thoughts are, because that's the only way for him to say what he said publicly is the only way is going to resonate with people. If you put a Perk behind, you know, closed doors and things like that, it may not go anywhere, but when you put someone on notice publicly, that's when the conversation starts. And then people, you know, like us are having this conversation about old media versus new media, um, and maybe some things start to change. It's not changing anytime soon. No. <laughs> it's not changing yeah. anytime soon, bro. They're going to keep doing that because that's what the ratings, when you hear Stephen A. Smith go, we were number one. We're not even number yeah. one since. Why do you think? You know, people tune in for the madness. They tune in for the chaos. Some people find Kendrick Perkins funny. I think he's corny. But some people find him funny. You know, I mean, you, know you don't know who you're appealing to. It's just, it's just the... It's just the the market, you know. You just kind of you know what you know what you're placating to. ESPN has a ton of data and re, and marketing research on what you know what what sells, and they know a guy like Perkins is good. people going to eat that up. People going to eat that up, you know. And that's that's the reality of it. I mean, last thing I'll say on this, and we can transition. There is such an art to be able to do the hot takes, yeah. but it actually still makes sense that you know what you're talking about. Which is why as much as you want to hate Stephen A and be upset at Stephen A, nine times out of 10 that, oh, what he said about Kyrie, hot take, didn't like it, threw some humor in there, but he not wrong in his analysis actually, when you boil down to it. Perk on the other hand, he hasn't learned that yet. He hasn't learned the, the art of doing the hot take to get the people to view but you know what you're talking about. We'll just say some nonsense like, yo, Stephen A. Smith, he could play basketball right now with the Warriors. Like, that's, people are going to tune in and be like, more so because you're stupid because that's what it sounds like. It's literally like, you feel me? Like, it's like when you're a class clown and the teacher came up to you, you know they're not laughing with you, they're laughing at you. Yeah. Perk, they're not really the numbers that you garnish is not because you know what you're talking about. They come in to laugh at you like, yo, he's really stupid. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. What is this back-to-back years now? This joker struggle with saying names? Bro, that's your job. How do you how don't you know how to say these players' names? <laughs> Modi Moody. <laughs> you don't take the job that serious, bro. He just shows up. And he keeps collecting these checks. He shows up, he chucks and jives, he gets up out of there. 
there's some reality to what Draymond said, bro. I'm telling you, being in that jail suit is a damning image. It's a damning, it's, it's like it's like that picture of Drake with the black face on. I can't get it out of my head. You know, it's one of those situations, bro. Like, you can't get that image out of your head. The jail suit is nuts as a black man on TV in 2020. Where are we? 2022. This is crazy, bro. Like, to, to do that is wild. All right. Like, so I, look, Draymond made a good point. I, I, I certainly am siding with the new media on all of this. But I'm not, let's not get it mistaken when we have this conversation. We ever, we ever talk, we ever talk in Kyrie. Kyrie is just wrong. <laughs> okay. There is no new media, old media. He's just wrong. There's, there's not, there's not a, there's no way to make Kyrie seem right. Okay. He doesn't show up to work. And, and the, apparently, this, may, this is probably a lot worse than it may seem from everything I understand. Because you don't get that max contract in the Nets for no, for no reason. Right? That doesn't just happen. So there's a lot going on there. Yo. Are the Nets, anybody can answer this, are the Nets a terror, are the Nets a bad organization or they just make a bad choice and entrust in the organization to KD and Kyrie? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I'm more than happy to answer you. Yeah, I'm more than happy to answer the question. Honestly, and give you all the facts and give you all what it is. But I'd love to hear Miles thinks being the Knicks fan that he is. I have to qualify by saying he's a Knicks fan so people understand that he's a Knicks fan. But if you're asking me, if you're asking I'm me what, what I'm, I, asking, I'm asking all you Hold on, hold on. Tony, Tony, you cut out for a second. You, you said, are the Nets a bad organization? And what did you say about KD and Kyrie? Are the Nets a bad organization? Or... Is it more so that they made a bad choice in entrusting the organization to KD and Kyrie? Um, I, I don't. I, I don't think they're a bad organization. I think that, and I, honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of entrusting, you know, KD, you know, within that. But but Kyrie, you know, that's that's when it becomes complicated because KD obviously brought Kyrie Kyrie to. I mean, Kyrie obviously brought KD to. Um, you know, franchise, but with Kyrie's track record in history, like he's not he's not proven himself to be a part a successful part of that that team long term. You know, last year he only played a handful of games due to the COVID. And again, everyone's able to make their own choice regarding that. But like like Greg said earlier, you got to show up. So when when you're basing the future off of you know, trying to make decisions for the franchise in terms of like, do we give this person, you know, a new contract and things like that? You know, obviously that's going to come into account when, when you're not held accountable and you can't show up for the team. And it, it just puts you in a predicament for the future um, in situations like this too. The only way you could call the Nets a clown show or a bad organization is if they actually gave Kyrie this max, maximum contract that he wanted this year with like, with just no type of pushback. And, and, and just, handed it, yeah, just, just handed it right over. Like if they gave him that contract this summer <laughs> and there was no type of real negotiation that took place, he just got his five years, 248, which is what he wanted, right? Then, okay, call them a clown. I'm calling them a clown too. I, I am. They, they took control of the organization back this year. That's the way I see it. Like if, you're, if the, the question is, was it a mistake in the first place? I don't even know I can say I, I don't even know that I can say it was. I don't think it was a mistake because what other choice was there? Any team in the NBA, for the most part, unless you're the Warriors or a team with Braun on it, would have done what the Nets did. They would have sold a crib to get their hands on KD. And then of course your Kyrie's coming along with them. 
but your hand, you really wanted to get KD. KD was the prize possession, the prize jewel, right? That's what everyone really cares about. Kyrie's incredible, but we all know Kyrie comes with his own baggage. But that, that's just, it seems like having Kyrie on your team is, is I shouldn't say a small price to pay, but it's a, it, in, in the grand scheme of things, you have KD on your team. Like, even if it didn't work out with KD, the Nets failed safe plan was to trade KD and get the biggest haul back in NBA history because KD would be the greatest player to ever hit the, free, to ever hit the trade market. That, that, it doesn't happen. Guys like that don't get traded. And he, and he signed a deal for four more years. You know, so the Nets have an incredible amount of leverage over, over, over KD and over Kyrie because Kyrie didn't come to work and lost a bunch of money because he chose to take a stand against the vaccine, right? And we saw how that worked out. So, and, I mean... First of all, I think, I think the Nets are still a good organization. They make good decisions. They still have assets. They, they, they handle their business the right way. And I think that they took a, a step in the right direction doing that uh, this summer by making sure they didn't cave to Kyrie's demand because we didn't have to. It, there was no need to do that. Um, Kyrie learned the hard way. You know, you don't come to work. You're not going to get paid. And also beyond that, who, who wants you? You look horrible out here. You look horrible. In the NBA circles, no one wants Kyrie on their team. I saw a report today that they, the Miami Heat weren't going to trade Kyle Lowry. They weren't, they weren't willing to trade Kyle Lowry for, for, for my man Kyrie Irving. So clearly the Nets played their cards right. They negotiated really well. They haven't won a one-year deal. It's exactly what any Nets fan, any fan who knows something would want. You want that guy on a short-term deal so you can, he's going to prove it situation. That's what you got. I think they played their cards the exact right way. You don't handle it any different than that. I think it's perfect. Um, <laughs> I think it's perfect. <laughs> Yo, I think, I think this guy, Chris, that really happened, bro. <laughs> that really happened. <laughs> That's mad. Hey, yo, why? Know, bro. That's crazy, I, right? Where was I when this happened? You, bro? It happened. I was like, is it real? Look it up, bro. <laughs> it's, bro not it's a hoodie. It's a hoodie. Yes. <laughs> With a koofy on top of that. Oh. That's crazy! A jail theme Kofi is nuts. <laughs> Man, they finally, they finally got Doctor Omar, huh? Doctor Omar, Doctor Omar is somewhere. Doctor Omar is somewhere rolling over right now. Oh my god, I can't believe this. Um, when we talk about the next organization, I won't put them at the bottom of franchises, but I definitely think they're a middle of the pack franchise. Just because when you look at, for example, let's look at the Heat. We would consider the Heat as a first-class organization. First-class organizations do not let players run things. Perfect example, Bron. Bron in Cleveland, that was he did everything he wanted. Bron in L.A. did everything he wanted. Miami, Pat Riley in the organization said, nah, bruh, it's not happening here. If they let him run stuff, Bron probably never leaves Miami. The Nets. To Greg's point, was in a position of, hey, we can get KD, so we'll take Kyrie. I think when you look at first-class organizations like Miami, like San Antonio, oh, KD's available? Cool. We bring something to the table, too. We're not folding just because you're KD. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where they are on the rise to be a first-class organization, but right now they're still middle of the pack for me. The Nets are still middle of the pack. They did not handle this whole situation from jump with KD, Kyrie correctly, but it was out of necessity. They had no choice. You, KD coming to Brooklyn doesn't happen. 
Who knows if Brooklyn sees another level talent like KD coming to them by choice, not by trade. It's not likely. So you take that chance. But it shows where the level of the franchise is at right now. And I think what really would be great for them is if both could dip and they could restart this the correct way with their franchise. But KD, KD and Kyrie got them out of balls right now, mainly KD. And because Kyrie is tied to KD, they run it. I don't Kyrie, think Kyrie is, if you remember that story in the Bible, Abraham, where God said he was going to destroy a place, and he let his cousin Lot come with him. Kyrie Lot. <laughs> Kyrie Lot, KD is Abraham. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair analogy. I I I I don't think the Nets were bluffing when they said they were willing to lose both to not have to deal with Kyrie. I think they were very serious about that. And I and I was at a point mentally where I was like, no, I'd be fine. I would be fine by me, actually, believe it or not. You have Ben Simmons, you reset it, you, you get a team full of shooters, three or three wings, and you you run it up and you and you get you wait for that next superstar to come along. I would have been fine with it. You still be a team that's content for playoffs. If they still be fun to watch. And it has been fun watching the Nets because Kyrie's never there. So it's just it's hard. Like Kyrie puts a strain on everybody there. I mean, James Harden, as bad as he was and as fat as he was, you know. It, and that's not me pushing the narrative. That's, that's not some old media stuff, new media stuff. I'm telling the truth. Yeah, everybody know he was fat. So as bad and as fat as that guy was, like, no, he had a good point. Kyrie was was wilding. Like, Kyrie's out here wilding. Like, and Kyrie would have forced any other star out of that situation, not just James Harden. So he was justified in that. But yeah, I think it, well, to your point, I just want to say one thing. You talked about the Spurs. You talked about Miami. Those teams, it's a lot easier to lay down the law. A lot easier to be Pat Bradley when you've won something. When you win something without those guys, when you win something without, without LeBron James, you have leverage because LeBron doesn't want anything when he comes to you, you know? So now I know I'm calling the shots because I've won. You're going to listen to me because I, I know what the formula is. Popovich, no one's arguing with Popovich. Popovich runs his show the way he wants to run his show because he's won. He, he's that guy, right? So the Nets didn't have that. The Nets had a couple finals bursts. But the, other than that, they had their history isn't, isn't, you know, isn't riddled with a bunch of winning. They haven't won much. Um, so, you know, you, you do what you can. You do what you have to do to get guys to come to your team and make yourself relevant again and, you do you, you suffer a little bit in the culture department, you do, but you know, at the end of the day, you have a guy like Katie under contract for four years. It's, it's a dub, it's a win. That's a win. Um, whether Kyrie wants to act up and not be there, you still have you still have a big leverage card in Katie you can trade. And and again, to your point, Antonio, reset your organization long term. Miles across the river. How how you look at this Nets organization? Um, one, I think the biggest mistake they first made was, you know, not bringing in an actual coach who was actually going to run things his way, not how the players want it to be run. So, I mean, they brought in a buddy of the gang, Steve Nash, and he hasn't really kept him in line. Like Kyrie, I don't know if he's doing this if you have like a Popovich or even a Spolstra. I don't think he's doing this if he has somebody like that as his coach. But I mean, Steve Nash, he's, you know, he's, he gives off this like California persona of like, whatever, if, if something bad happens, so be it. Go with God. This is it. Like, it, it just seems like it's real nonchalant with 
Steve Nash as the head coach. And I don't feel like a sense of urgency with him running things. Then I liked Kenny Atkinson. My, I've always said that I think he got the short end of the stick, them letting him go just because they wanted Kyrie and KD there. And he wasn't their guy. They don't know Kenny Atkinson, but he's a really good coach and he'll be a good coach again once he gets that opportunity. Yeah. Shout out to him for turning that Hornets job down because that's not a good, desirable job at this point in, in, in the NBA. But, yeah, I think it comes down to coaching and I wouldn't even say the culture is bad. It's just, you know... Kyrie's kind of made things from the outside looking in look like things are a little toxic because everything is talked about besides basketball, besides playing basketball. Like for the Heat, they just got to play. That's it. You don't have to answer questions about vaccines and is he going to play? Is he, you know, is he going to go to the, the Million Man March? In a, in a month or so, like, you don't have to worry about these things with good organizations. So, I mean, they're not piss poor, but yeah, they're middle of the pack and they've made strides to improve, but, you know, I don't know if they have room to improve with Kyrie still on the team. Like, they're still going to be where they are culture-wise because, I mean, Kyrie's a, a toxic figure in the NBA right now. And that's why nobody wanted to trade for him in the offseason. So we'll see if he shapes up in the fall. If not, then you let him walk next year. There's not, nothing wrong with that. You still got an open max slot. You got Ben Simmons, KD. You got plenty of pieces to this puzzle. It's just, you know, there's one, there's one square peg trying to go in a round hole. And – he just doesn't fit on this team. I think Kyrie need to go watch and probably give him a call because I'm sure he'll get his phone number. We need to call Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, super talented. And by all means, he probably could have played another two, three years. But the rest of the league ain't want to have nothing to do with Terrell Owens. That's really what it is. And if Kyrie don't be careful and actually ball out this season, we could be looking at Kyrie having to end his career earlier than anybody ever expected. Just being, just really, like really being honest, Kyrie might be, have a good five to 10 years left in him, but no franchise is going to want to deal with that. So I think he. Nike doesn't want to deal with that. Nike <laughs> said, yo, this is up in the air. We don't know yet. Let's see what we do next year. Because you you're not playing basketball games. You're not even showcasing the shoes we're making for you. So what's the point? Like, that's what we're talking about. Come on. And also to Miles' point about Steve Nash being the coach, it's a great point. But the reality is the Nets caved to uh, Kyrie on that situation too. The reason why Steve Nash is even the coach in the first place is Kenny Atkinson didn't refuse to play DeAndre Jordan. And that was their man. That was their guy. Remember, we got the clean sweep, right? We got DeAndre Jordan and, and Kyrie and KD. And they even got him $40 million to take less to make sure he got paid. And then Kenny Atkins said, no, said, nah, he's, he sucks. I'm not playing him. He doesn't fit what we want to do. We have Jared Allen. I'm not playing that guy. And they fired – and they said, no, they got him out of there. They fired him because KD and Kyrie were like, nah, so they get him up out of here. We don't need him. So KD is just as, is, is 
guilty and culpable in this too, to an extent. He also doesn't talk to his man's Kyrie and get him in line, right? He's not like, yo, you have to show up. Like, I can't just be doing this by myself. And also, he's made some bad decisions in all this too with some of the personnel stuff. He's not Bron. Not everybody can be Bron. That's fair. And even Bron makes mistakes. We can talk about that. That's an old different conversation. But the point is, for the most part, Bron's won doing what he's doing. All right, we can say that. He's won. So, and, he, and KD has not. He has not won doing this. He went to a ready-made situation and won a couple micro, microwave championships, some, some Tyson chicken nugget rings. That's what he went and, went and did with the Warriors. So it's totally different. But, no, I, I just think they've let, they let those guys walk all over them, and that's did. It's fair to not call them a, a great a great franchise. I get that. Don't call them that. I don't I don't consider them to, them to be that. But I think that when you look at how this could all end, it won't end as badly as people think it will because at the end of the day, they'll, they'll end up with a with flush with a bunch of young talent uh, on their team, and they can just run this thing up and be sustainable for the future. And, and that's, how it, that's how it ends. But, you know, they've let these guys walk over them, and, and Kyrie has no business playing a franchise. And the fact that he thinks he has the right to work with, directly with Sean Marks and Josiah and, and co-own the team tells you the guy's out of his mind. He's crazy. He's crazy. And he asked for, uh, he asked for a raise if they're not coming to work. Like, that doesn't make any sense either. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. Tell me where they do that at, please. They hire Toxic behavior. Absolutely toxic behavior. More toxic behavior is seeing these athletes that more times than not did not manage their money correctly and end up having to do these boxing celebrity events. The most recent one now is Adrian Peterson, who would be a heavyweight fighting Le'Veon Bell. I know, Chris, this this hit a certain chord seeing this article, so I'll, I'll let you start it off with uh, AP and Le'Veon going to fight now. No, it fight. didn't even hit a certain chord, but, like, when I saw it, I'm like, for real? Like, like we're talking about Adrian Peterson. Like, he had a great career in the NFL, helped out, you know, the Vikings for, for several years and, you know, bounced around a few teams after that um, and, and helped him out and did, did what he could, but, like – like, why are you going to boxing? Like, I'm just so sick of seeing these these athletes trying to get this money grab and trying to get like attention. Like, they're they're boxing the crypto center now, and it's like, and and Le'Veon Bell, like Le'Veon Bell, another person whose career was was cut short and could have played, you know, a little while or should have played a little while longer had he been in the right situation. Um, it's just sad to see, like, because I feel like one of those dudes get in there and gets knocked out, like that's what people are going to remember you by. That's people going, oh, remember when Adrian Peterson knocked out Le'Veon Bell? Um, and Le'Ve- Le'Veon Bell has been in a bunch of Twitter fights lately since since he hasn't been playing and whatnot. And it's just, it's a bad, it puts a bad taste in my mouth. People out here fighting, you know, these pro athletes, uh, fighting Jake Paul. And it's like, man, go, like, go do something productive. Like, you, you were great in the league when you played, and now you're out here trying to be a boxer and something that you're not just for attention and clout. Like, it's corny. I think what you mentioned, too, is the biggest issue. They are not athletes in this profession. And unlike basketball, for some of these basketball athletes, Nate Robinson, football, you have this on some level. But boxing, you get hit the wrong way. You might be paralyzed the rest of your life. You might die in the ring. And they are not really skilled at this. So... It's a it's a safety factor. Like we all remember, not Nate Robinson being the dunk contest champion, but seeing this man on the canvas 
really actually concerned, like, yo, is he okay? Is Nate good? Yo, my problem with it too is like the fact that they think that, and I'm sure people people are definitely gonna tune in, but the fact that like you know what's going in their heads is like, yeah, people want to watch me watch me box. Like, no, the hell we don't. We we don't care about you boxing. Like, I'd rather go watch some NHL players step in the ring because at least they do that in their sport. They get it on in the, in, in the middle of the ring. Like, I, I you know like AP. I have I I really don't care about you boxing. Like. Hold up, Chris. Would you watch it if it was Joe Burrow versus Deshaun Watson? Hell yeah, I watch that. <laughs> Absolutely. If Joe Burrow won that fight. Three Cornac got racist for the rest of his life. Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow would win that fight and walk out on some Cartier sunglasses. <laughs> My money on Joe. <laughs> that's because he read the report about Deshaun Watson on all fours asking girls to eat his gooch. <laughs> hey, yo, Deshaun, wild, wild, wild boy, wild man, Greg is hey, a wild man. Greg ain't nowhere near as wild as Deshaun. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what I just said? He did. <laughs> Someone's in all fours. It's crazy. All fours is a man. Is nuts. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> this is that's crazy. Yo, all fours. Hey, yo, that's literally like honestly, never mind. <laughs> boy, come on, Dude, that's crazy. Oh boy, hey, all nah. fours as a man is nuts. That's crazy, hey, bro. Hey, he didn't care that the report came out. Like Miles said, you couldn't break his soul. He embraced it. <laughs> you won't break my soul. You won't break my soul. Yeah, sing it, Chris. Sing it. Yeah. You, you, you saw you saw your boy Russell Westbrook singing that too. Talking about he about to get paid forty seven this yeah, he year. Happy, he happy getting that that bag because that's the last bag he's gonna get. That's the last bag he's getting. That's bro. the last bag he's gonna get. I think it's over for dude after this year, bro. Yeah. You think it might be his career might be done, bro? I think it's a comeback year for him. I think he'll. I, I agree. I think he'll buy into what Darvin Ham is saying. Okay. The thing that was different between them already, now they could have had this discussion, but Frank Vogel never came out with what's the plan to how to use Russ. It felt really just like, hey, throw it all together. And uh, as usual, Bron, you figure this out. Darvin Ham has already came in and said, yo, we're going to use Russ. He's going to be slashing. He's going to be a pick and roll. He's going to be a screener sometimes. We're going to use him basically how he described it. They're going to use him like Draymond. They're going to use him on that instance and put him in positions where he don't even have to shoot a three-pointer. And I think if he buys into that and he's not in a position of constantly bringing the ball up, possibly turning the ball over, being like Draymond, if you end up starting the offense and running the offense, Draymond stars that typically 18, 15 feet below. If Russ can start to get the ball 18, 15 feet below, you're talking about a different Russ. If he buys in, he'll be good. Now that is a whole separate conversation than the Lakers. A lot of ifs. That's a whole separate conversation than the Lakers being good. I think Russ buys in. Russ has a better year, but you still got to see it's only – 
June said, we still got to see what the Bodega Los Angeles Lakers franchise does. Yeah. Yeah, they got me. Yeah, they got me upgrades to the entire team. But I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I think Russ has a pretty big ego. I hope he buys in because if he doesn't, his career it, it's it's weird. Like it's his career could be significantly shortened because he just like what do you do with Russ if he's the same guy he was last year? Like he's a guy who's not good at what he used to do. Like he's not athletic enough to do that. And he's just it's just he's the same guy, but like you, you can't use him that way. No team would need him to be your be the point guard, be the engine starter to an offense. No team needs that. Even the worst teams in the NBA don't need that. The worst team, OKC is horrible. They have Shai Gilders-Alexander. They don't, they don't need that. Basketball's in a great place. So it's hard. And Shai Gilders-Alexander is a way better basketball player, way better basketball player than Russell Westbrook is. There are, like, so it's hard. It's really hard. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I I don't want to. I don't want to pile in on that guy too much. Clearly, I'm not going to break his soul anyway. So yeah, but to your and Tolan's point, like, how do you not buy in? Not only after the year that you had, but after you put on the trading block and nobody wanted you. He doesn't have self awareness. Yeah. Well, at, at this point, at this point, I'm pretty sure anybody has to have self awareness, knowing like, all right, they they put me out here, and ain't nobody want me. Guess where he's at. But I'm saying like, and I think now he may realize it. To your point, he may realize it now. But I'm saying. Yeah. He has no self-awareness at all throughout his entire career. If you look at Russ's career from the very beginning, he came into the NBA as a spotty jump shooter, um, and he never really got better. Like, he had some seasons where he was decent shooting the ball from mid-range and shoot, decent shooting the ball from three a little bit anyways, but he's never really been good at it and never got better at it as he aged. His game has always been predicated on, I'm faster than you, I jump higher than you, and I'm just going to blow past you every time, and I'm going to run 100 miles an hour. And that doesn't last forever. So when it, when it starts to dissipate, you don't have it as much anymore, and you rely on skill more. It's not there for you to fall back on. Then you look the way he looked last year, which was just one of the worst years. I'd I, like some of those clips. I mean, you see them viral, going viral on Twitter. Some of these clips are just so bad. Like, I can't even make sense of how bad he was last year. But it's because he doesn't have skill to lie, rely back on. And you watch him working out with some of the, with his trainers and the people he, who, have, who he has around him. It's, it's nonsense. It's, he's doing nonsense. He's doing absolute nonsense. He's not working on the fundamentals and he, he doesn't work on getting on, on ironing out his jump shot, making the jump shot more one motion as opposed to two motion. I'm getting technical with you, but he doesn't do that stuff. And you see it, you see it. He's paying for it now. So when I say not, when I say he doesn't have self-awareness, I mean it in that way. Like, I mean, like in the way where you actually tangibly change your game so you can actually have a longer career. And he hasn't done that. I don't, I'm not convinced he's going to do that this summer. He's never done it before. He's doing the same stuff. He told us we're not going to break his soul. So he's he, he not, he not breaking his, his old bad habits either. So I think he's going to come back to the same guy. And I hope that it's in a different role. Darvin Ham may have to bench him at some point. That's the reality of what we're looking at. So I think, and also John Wall, that it was stupid that he signed with the Clippers because he's more likely to start over Russell Westbrook than he is over, over Reggie Jackson. Like, I don't really get that move either. I, I, I didn't think it made that much sense, but whatever. I mean, John Wall is like James Harden anyways these days, so I, he's all right. <laughs> it's all right. I think that whole move, it all, which is not anything new to anybody, that's all predicated on Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi low manages this year, we're looking at the same situation for the Clippers. If he plays, you're looking at, honestly, with John Wall in the mix now, I think – Clippers are a top four or five team this year. They're still not better than Golden State. They're not better than the Nuggets coming back with their health and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. And they're not better than the Suns. So those three teams right there, the, the champs, the Suns, 
and the Nuggets alone, they're not better than, they could get in the mix between four or five. They might, you know, be able to battle that out with like the likes of the Dallas, depending on what everybody else does in the offseason. Miles, as of late, who is more stubborn and less aware of what's going on concerning their career, Kyrie or Russ? Uh, I feel like it's Kyrie in a way. Like, everybody wanted Kyrie at one point, yes. But over the last couple of years, as we've seen, he's become more vocal when it comes to different different things, good and bad. And, I mean, some teams just don't want to deal with that because then it's like a, a media – headache and especially when you're a guy who doesn't play 82 games a season like I don't think he's ever come close to that in a season so one you're outspoken on things a lot of teams don't want you you know touching otherwise they got to cover your your ass on, on these topics and then two it's like you're never healthy and even when you were healthy, you chose not to play. So he's at a crossroads right now because, I mean, Lakers, we're going to give him the mid-level exception if he backed out of his player option, which that's a big pay cut from what he's getting next season. So he's got to realize that this season is the biggest one of his career to set the tone for the rest of his NBA career. Because if he goes out there and he plays good, but then maybe plays, what, 47, 50 games, then the narrative is he can't stay on the court, whether by choice or by injury. Like he, he's not available for you. At least Westbrook, he goes out and gives you his all, whether that's you know the best for some teams or not. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't don't even want him to show up to work, though. One guy doesn't come to work and you need him there. The other guy, you, he shows up every day and you're like, damn, stay home. <laughs> well, no, I feel like it's, it's because that was a bad fit from the jump. Like, I don't understand the trade. Gave up Kuzma and he played well in Washington. Gave up Caldwell Pope. He played well in Washington. And then you're bringing back a point guard who can't shoot to play alongside LeBron James, who is the de facto point guard on the team. So it was one of those things where you've got an agent who has no idea what he's doing as the GM, and he made a bad move, and he can't go back on it. But now you have to play out this year with Westbrook. However it works, you got to play it out, because you didn't want to attach a first-round pick to him. But he's got one more, one more year left on this deal. So I think, is he going to ever play that role that he did in Washington or OKC again? Hell no. But I think he can help a team down the road. You don't need him to, to shoot lights out from the three ball. He can still make plays. Chris, Greg, Moss, whoever would like to answer this. We have yet another follower that 
gave us a topic. Shout out to our followers that have been supporting and have been engaging, sending us topics as of late. Dennis period five on IG. My boy. Ask this question. Concerning Kyrie's legacy, without that ring in 2016, is Kyrie not just a compacted Paul George? Can he be closely be closer to AI? I mean, but I'd still put AI above Kyrie in that combo. Easily. Like AI led Philly to the, the finals and took a game from LA. AI, AI is the antithesis of Kyrie in every way. He's the opposite. He's the anti-Kyrie. In every way, because AI was playing through injuries. AI was playing through broken bones. You couldn't keep AI. They were high, trying to hide that guy's jersey so he didn't go out and play. But Kyrie, you know, like, anything can happen. Kyrie, Kyrie girl has a stomachache, and he don't want to come to work. Like, but anything could happen. <laughs> and that's why he just, he's just not showing up. So, and it's been like that. It's been like that. You know, so, uh, you know, uh, to answer his question, I can't even call him a compacted Paul Jordan. I think – Kyrie, you'd have to consider him the most talented player who was just a, a mystery. I don't know there's a comparison. I never seen I never seen someone so good at what they do, not look for any excuse to not do what they do so well. Does that make sense? It's like, self, it's like he's self-sabotaging his career. Yes, he's a self-sabotager. And and the worst part is it's all in the name of nonsense. It's not like he's doing it like on some Maya Moore stuff where he walks away from his career or he's missing games because he's trying to fight for the rights of some incarcerated person and he wants to, you know, stand by them. He's not doing, he thinks he sees him that way. He, he fancies himself a hero and he's not that. He's not that. He doesn't do anything. Like, he does great stuff in the community, I'm sure, whatever, the food drives, all that. I see the video of him in, in Brooklyn handing out cans of Goya beans to people in the, in, in the Bronx. I, I see that. I get it. I get that, okay, but what I what, what that doesn't make him the same. He doesn't that doesn't make him what he thinks he is. He's not that. He's not a hero, and he fancies himself a hero, and it's all in the name of nonsense. Last year, the whole thing about speaking being a voice for the voiceless for the people who didn't want to get vaccinated. My God, like what what are we talking about? Like do, what were you actually attaching your name to? And then when crazy politicians are, are attaching your name to them and, and, and using you to prop their agenda forward, their anti-COVID uh, agenda forward, you want to try to separate yourself from it? You didn't think that part through though, did you, Kyrie? Like, he don't make any sense. He's not even, he's not even who he thinks he is. Go to work and play basketball. Get, share your gift with the world. That's what you're great at it. You're great at it. Play basketball. He ain't Malcolm X. He ain't, he ain't MLK. He, he's none of those guys. He's not a free, he's not a freedom fighter. He thinks he's a freedom fighter. He's not that. But picking out his hair, going after all that nonsense. Give me a break. I don't know what we can compare him to. He's not Paul George, though, if he didn't, if he didn't win that championship. I'll be honest with you. He's not. I, 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 he's like Grant Hill. He's like Grant Hill who didn't play on purpose. That's what I would say he is. He's like a Grant Hill. Like you, the way we look at Grant Hill, because Grant Hill was so great, but because of injuries, we just never got to see it all pan out. But he was amazing. He's that, except he's Grant Hill of Grant Hill wasn't Grant Hill. Like, wasn't an intelligent guy. I'm, I'm not trying to call Kyrie unintelligent. I'm sure he's a good guy. People know him personally, all that stuff, whatever. But he don't operate like a smart guy. Like, I think that's fair. He don't operate like someone who's intelligent. I think that's a very fair thing. So, but you think he's smarter than all of us. So there's that. Some deeper meaning. 
Shout out to Dennis Five. Thanks for the input and the question that you sent to us. Before we transition and we end off the show with our new segment that is getting good traction, overrated, underrated, rated just right. Is it Jalen Brunson or bust for the Knicks? Seems like they don't have a backup plan and their hopes is Jalen Brunson, 110 mil for four years. That's the that's the big prize for the Knicks. And if that doesn't happen, what's next? And it doesn't seem like they have a what's next. I mean, because I don't, I don't think he's signing anywhere else. I think he's just taking these meetings just so it doesn't look like the Knicks tampered, which it definitely looks like they've tampered. <laughs> but y'all tampered crazy. They need to. Hired, they hired his father. Y'all, y'all tampered all types of crazy. Y'all, y'all yeah. hired his aunt, his mom, his, his mom, his aunt, his his dad. Yeah, because like two weeks ago, it went from, oh, there's no doubt Dallas is going to re-sign Brunson to now it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to sign with the Knicks. Out of nowhere, I just assumed, I'm like, you know what? Knicks are going to be in on him, and they won't get him because he'll go back to Dallas. But now it's looking like, I mean, we, we cleared enough money to overpay him. And why wouldn't you take this opportunity to, you know, run a team, basically? You're the point guard. You're not playing – Second fiddle, you don't have to watch Luca pound the ball into the hardwood 85% of the game, which, I mean, that's a big selling point. If you want more out of your career, you can get it in New York for good or for bad. I mean, <laughs> it could backfire. This could be one of those things where you're looking back on it and like, damn, we paid this guy how much money to play here? But for him, this is the best thing for him. You get to stay home. You get to play for your dad. This is like a Disney. This is like a Disney movie right here. Now all he needs to do is bring a chip to New York, and then the sky's the limit. So I should. The sky's the limit. Look at the expectations y'all have of this of this man. It's not though. That's not the expectation I'm having. I'm saying if you were to write a script for a movie. It wouldn't be what Kyrie's pushing. It'd be what Jalen Brunson. You think this is Airbud or something? You acting like this is this whole story with Jake. With, 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 <laughs> he said Airbud. You think you about to come here and you about to galvanize the team and suddenly RJ Barrett's gonna become LeBron James and not be bad at basketball and and you're gonna you're gonna be all of a sudden have this amazing turnaround of the New York Knicks. This is incredible. I I, I gotta give it to you. It's a great storytelling thing. That's what you took. That's what you took from what I said. I took. I took. I took that from what you said. I see this fairy tale coming true for you. I see. I, I can what? see it. You're reading Jace this story before he goes to bed. This is what you're doing. What? You're telling Jace that you know this is light skinned brother from 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 this Dallas. This is crazy. He's gonna come up to the Knicks, and all this... of a sudden everything's gonna be great. James Dolan's not gonna suck as an owner, and we're gonna be a competent franchise because we got this guy, this light skinned guy from who happens to be from New Jersey. We hired his dad, which is totally against probably against the rules, but we did it anyways. Who cares? We got yeah. him. And he now, ain't the president, his former agent, huh? Leon Rose. Leon Rose is his former agent, right? Oh my god, this is this is horrible. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Yeah, Le- so. yeah, no, no, no. First agent. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> this is so illegal. Crazy tampering. Well, it's a good thing the Knicks traded all those first round picks. Y'all gonna have to give them back when they when the league find y'all anyways for the tampering. So it's okay. Y'all got like 60, 60 of them y'all didn't use. 
You're right. Well, what you gonna get for Kyrie when he leaves? I want Kyrie gone. I I, I don't even care. Yo, give me the pack of Goya beans to give to that person in the Bronx. I'll take it in, in, in exchange for Kyrie. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need any services. He don't come to work. He don't come to work. So I'm okay. <laughs> a Nets game, we didn't even see him play. We saw fat James Harden instead of him. It's nonsense. Why could he taking a stance against the vaccine? Give me a break. I don't even see that guy, bro. I'm okay. Get Kyrie. Yo, when Kyrie get out of here, we're going we're gonna to be real serious. I think, you know, I think the clown show with the Nets is the fact that Kyrie's in our team. I think that's really what, you want to be honest, that's really what it is. Kyrie's the clown show. Kyrie's the, the clown show on wheels. It ain't, it ain't KD. KD will play through anything. KD will play even though his, 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 if his legs rub together, they'll light you on fire. He'll play through that. He'll play through anything. It's, it's, it's really Kyrie. That's a problem. But yeah, back to Jalen Brunson, please. That, that's crazy. That's crazy, Mal. As Chris pointed out, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of things that went in the Knicks' favor. <laughs> that's say. crazy. <laughs> A lot, it's a lot that went in Nick's favor going into this. And good job by Jalen keeping it tight to the vest, making people think that he was going back to Dallas. Good job. Can we get a prediction on how much they're going to give him, Miles? How much money are you guys about to pay Jalen Brunson? I'm going to say 105. You're out here. Not the numbers I'm hearing. <laughs> he 110, over, 110 over four. I heard 110 over four. I heard, I heard the Dallas couldn't keep him. They didn't offer him like 115 over four. So you guys are coming in like 120 over four years. I don't think we're going that uh, high. That's, Dallas ain't offering. I guarantee you. 115. I Dallas, guarantee Dallas, you Dallas, they're saying that. Dallas can only keep, they're saying Dallas can only keep him if they offer him for uh, 115 over five, um, over four years, I think it was. No, nah, it was five. It was five. They it was go five. It was, yeah. I heard it was a five-year deal or something like that. Yeah. So that if the Knicks are going to beat them out, they're going to have to go going out like 120. One one eighteen one twenty. They're not going that high. That's the thing. We well, have all the cap space. We didn't trade for Dejounte. Y'all done traded the whole team away. Y'all gonna have to use the money. Because well, why? Why would we trade all them first round picks for for Dejounte? Why not? Uh, why not? Does that make us a, a championship team? In your That's eyes, the goal for the Knicks. <laughs> the goal is to be a, a, a presentable basketball team. Why are we talking about championships right now? <laughs> RJ Barrett's your best basketball player. You need to get the hell out of that reality. We need that to not be your reality. We need to make sure that that is not the case for the Knicks. So you know how you do that? You trade for good basketball oh, players. Oh, like boy. It's funny, It's funny because it's coming from a Nets guy who has only seen one series win in four years with two max players. You can, so I don't want to hear okay, nothing. You can, I don't want to hear you nothing. Talk, you can like, talk me. I, I it's crazy. It's I crazy to me. I have Kyrie Muhammad on my team. You can make fun of me, but I understand I have Kyrie Muhammad. I get it. But – the reality of this thing is that what it doesn't make anything what I'm it doesn't make anything I'm saying less true. What I'm saying is true right now. RJ Barrett's your best player, so you can't be talking to me about winning championships. That can't be it. We're not you're not aligned with the organization. The organization over here moving differently. <laughs> you're not aligned. You're not. They trading for first round picks. Not taking dra- not drafting dudes unless names Ivy. They, they only they wanted poison Ivy so bad they didn't take anybody. Who, else, who else was there to draft though? Okay, fine. fine. <laughs> He's so, a poison Ivy. <laughs> so if you don't, so if you don't take, if you don't take poison, you don't get poison Ivy. Fine. Okay, you get all these first round picks. That's great. Awesome. You know why you get first round picks? You know why teams normally do that to compile assets to make a big trade for a hell of a player. Okay. DeJounte yeah. Curry and Jalen Brunson in the backcourt would have been your be- the best backcourt in Knicks history. That's what would have been. But we got hold on. We're gonna bring in two point guards now. We we haven't had one in. 40 years, but now we're going to bring in 
two point guards. Giving up valuable assets. Gentlemen can play on ball. And, and DeJounte Murray can play. DeJounte Murray probably is more on ball than anything else, but his defensive ability alone, what he brings defensively, he covers up for Jalen Brunson. They, they complement each other well because Jill, he's going to take on, he's going to guard the other team's best player. He's going to do a great job at that. And you have Jalen Brunson who will get you a bucket and run your offense. And of course, you have the ever ascending and blossoming RJ Barrett in the fold, right? I just don't, I just field. don't think, I don't think Murray's the guy you trade three to four first round picks for. I don't see it. So who is? Where's a bigger name. From? A bigger name. Where, where is this big name coming from? You don't want Donovan Mitchell for some weird reason. He's not hey, we're going to we give you two seconds for Kyrie, though. That, that's what that's what teams <laughs> are offering. That's the, that's the going rate for a, a toxic, you know, live streamer. But I have but I have received the thing is the difference between the Nets and the Knicks is the Nets actually have real championship aspirations. The Knicks don't. Uh, what y'all, y'all, you what y'all playing for? Uh, two weeks ago, Miles, you told will me you? you told me you wanted golf IQ over getting Jalen Brunson. That's what you told me. Will so you, you know? being a tankier anyways. You want Victor Winbin whatever his name is from France, the seven three kid. That's what you want. Or you know you, that's what we're talking. We're in two different conversations, two different tax brackets. Whether I have Kyrie Muhammad or not, I have hey. Kyrie Muhammad on a one year deal, so I think he's gonna come to work. I think he's gonna come to work. That's just me. And well, you got Steven, you got Steven Spielberg. Dressed up as Kevin Durant, trying to build this boardroom, and it, it ain't helping. Y'all not winning nothing with it. So, look, it's cool. I I like that Katie and Kyrie. You know, they they in New York, they in the just, wrong spot, but they in New know, York. That was know. the big whale. The Y'all list, went fishing. You didn't the, bring back nothing worth anything. The listeners, have, the listeners, see what you're doing here. You're deflecting. I'm making I'm good not points about your, I'm making points. I'm making good points about your Knicks and you bring up the Brooklyn Nets. We done talk, we done spent a whole segment on the Nets already. We ain't gotta go down that road no more. That is what it is. I'm talking about your Knicks. Okay. Yeah. The question that started with was Jalen Brunson, he's gonna make he, he how much money is he gonna make? You told me 105. I'm telling you you're out of your mind. He ain't making 105. He he and can't it's not gonna be 120. It's not gonna be 120 though. Okay, you'll see. He making 120. All right, we'll see Van tomorrow. Van Vliet's about to sign an extension for 100 mil, I think, right? Van Vliet? I think Van Vliet's sending another extension for like 100 million. I, I saw that. He's about to re up with Toronto. Van Vliet's kind of like the level of player we're talking about. You add another 20 million there to make sure you get him from, from Dallas because Dallas values him. So, yeah, this is, look, this is the guy. And by the way, Jalen Brunson will have been the best point guard you guys had in my lifetime once you guys get him. That's how bad the Knicks have been. He's the best upon arrival. When he stepped off the damn limousine to walk on MSG, he's the best point guard you ever had. And if you got DeJounte, best backcourt in Knicks history. Best backcourt in Knicks history. The, the bar is not high. So, you, yeah, you trade three first-round picks for DeJounte. Why not? What's the alternative? Think, what are you saving them so. for? What are you they saving support. the first-round picks for? What, what's what's the bigger whale to be determined. There is no bigger whale. <laughs> there is none. Zach hey, just back. To be determined. It could be KD if you keep talking. <laughs> uh, you see, the KD deal, we can trade him wherever you want to trade him. And let's be honest, I, I'm, I'll be real with you. Like, it's going to take more than, than picks for, to get KD, right? Let's just, let's just play a hypothetical game. Guess what I don't want? The last – I don't want R.J. Bear. I want nothing to do with that guy. Like, nothing. Like, zero. So, and y'all don't have assets for me. It's never going to happen. And never wouldn't want to play in Barclays. That's the thing. Nobody want to play in Barclays. Who wouldn't want to play in Barclays? <laughs> well, people don't want to go to Barclays, so why would you want to play? Whatever, whatever. You you, you keep deflecting about about your nates. I get I'm it. I'm not deflecting. You're totally it's deflecting. The truth. 
you're totally deflecting. I'm gonna put you on the couch. I'm gonna get you a damn psychologist shrink. It's just funny though. Cause every the, the talk always turns to the Knicks. And we were talking about the Knicks. Yeah, we were Who's talking about bounds? the Knicks. We were talking about the Knicks, but this is not what I want to hear from you. <laughs> you don't want to hear from me. What do you, 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 you want to hear? You want to hear no, no, Miles. You want to hear me say the Knicks are going to go to the playoffs next year. Jalen Brunson going to come to your team, average 30 points, 10, 10 rebounds, <laughs> and 10 assists a game. And RJ Barrett's going to turn into the second <laughs> of Michael Jordan himself. That's not, that's that's going not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying our situations are totally different. You're thinking championship aspirations, and we ain't sniffing the, the semifinals. Y'all, y'all still living off that, oh, if he was a size 12, we would have won the NBA championship two years ago. I'm like, bro, give it a rest. It's give actually it a rest. true. I, got, I, got, I can only imagine what the Knicks fans still cry to me about, about, a block, uh, about Charles Smith missing a layup. In 1994, I don't want to hear are these Knicks fans. Are you on like these these Twitter? No, the older Knicks, the old Knicks fans, the older Knicks fans that were around to watch that junk. Yeah, the ones who know the yeah. suffering, the ones who are not doing pain. spaces on Twitter with with Doja Cat with these wild <laughs> white people. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get where you're getting these Knicks fans from. Knicks fans live in the past all the time. Oh. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Y'all know the old Knicks fans I'm talking about too. The listeners know. You're right, and Nets fans live in Jersey, so this ain't. This ain't happening. Brooklyn is a curse. <laughs> where Brooklyn at? <laughs> where where Brooklyn at? They ain't in Bar- Barclays, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Overrated, underrated, rate it just right. We got two of them for y'all tonight. Overrated, rate it just right, or underrated White Castle. Is it overrated? Underrated or rated just right? Overrated. Hands down. Overrated. I can't. I can't even. Soggy. Those are the soggiest burgers you'll ever eat. I, how you gonna have a soggy burger? How's that even humanly possible? You know what? You know what? Lindsay's Gano told her this morning at the doctor's appointment. You want to go into labor? Uh, labor? Go get some White Castle. Get those bowel movements going. Hey yo. Yeah. Well, that's the last time I'll ever eat White Castle. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know that it's a, a laxative they put in their burgers. You say you need an iron stomach to eat that. Jesus. Yo, that truck is crazy. White, White Castle is crazy. I, I, can't, I actually can't eat that stuff anymore. I'm actually on my health kick right now. I haven't touched fried food in like two weeks. You're trying, you. you trying to fit in that size seven for the wedding. Size seven. You think, <laughs> about, you think, you th- you th- you think I'm the Beyonce fan on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> Y'all cute. That's funny. He's trying to break my soul. He's trying to break my soul. <laughs> He's trying to break my soul. So much. <laughs> I think I'm talking Santana all of a sudden or something. We're talking about size seven. Oh. Oh my God. Last week. <laughs> Last week you had a doctor appointment, right? Who? Every week now. You missed it last week. Greg alluded to he brought up Beyonce and basically said, Break my soul is not on any standard level of anything that Drake dropped. He said break my soul is very mid. Mid. It's not. 
Yo, Drake Chris, he's, he's, he's coming for you. Get him. <laughs> Listen, y'all, y'all, y'all made me. Y'all so funny. I defended Beyonce. I defended Beyonce one time, and now y'all think I'm part of the Beehive. One, one time is all it takes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> these two, yo. Yeah, I defend, bro. I, I did because they were they was talking in the chat like like she was like she was trash. I defended her one time, and now I'm a part of the beehive. Ain't nobody called Beyonce trash in the chat. I'm lying. You, you talking about me because I said no, I said you were, I said y'all was acting like she. Was. Oh, he's alluding to me because I I'm out of the minority that feels that she's overrated. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I can't speak on that. But I can tell what I can tell. What I can tell you is that. That record is not nearly as it's not nearly as good as as like sticky or occurrence. Nah, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. St- sticky slaps, bro. I, yeah, now, slaps. You, now you want to come around on the album. I'm telling you. No, nah, no, no, I do not. I do not want to come around. I said sticky and, and Jimmy Cooks. That's it, yeah. bro. Stay, stay close minded. That's ridiculous. That's that's it. For if you me. think I learned too good, good songs in the album, I feel bad for you, bro. Yo, he said stay close minded. <laughs> Staying close minded. Now this- he ain't listen to the rest uh, of the album. He listened to those two songs. That's it. I know he didn't listen to the rest of the album. I listened to the whole album, bro. You did not, bro. Multiple times. You did not listen to the album. Well, first feel. of all, there was a whole song on there where, where Drake has uh this deep auto-tune the whole entire time. Yeah, liability. Yeah, what's Liab- up with that? Liability was a good song, though. Get the hell out of here now. Now you bug it. It's Liab- not even Drake. And first of all, it's not deep auto-tune, it's called chopped and screwed. The hell? Come on, <laughs> bro. He's got he's got one of the Bane masks on when he's singing that song. Come on. You can't no, tell me that's a good this, song. This segment is show, Chris showing us he's a Connecticut dude. This is a no, Connecticut no, ass thing you're make. <laughs> you, you can't tell me with a straight face that you that you going to go in your car and, and bump liability. I'm the whole album through. I didn't, I didn't skip liability. Come on, bro. I didn't skip liability. I thought it was a, it's a good... I thought, yo, there's not... Drake Drake know his shit mid. He posted some shit on it. Excuse me, excuse my language. Drake know Drake know Drake know his music mid. He posted his on his story today. Someone someone uh this TikTok is someone frying him. That joke was funny. Y'all gotta go watch that before. That TikTok wasn't even accurate. That song he wasn't even. That joke was accurate. That's why he posted it. It was not, bro. He was the what what did, what did Drake put in the? I have no. I saw what you're talking about. He said F he y'all. said F y'all with the laughing faces because he knew he that. Said, that no, he said F y'all. I do be. I definitely do be saying stuff on my song. My song. Y'all just want to make. The old the Drake jokes are tired to me, bro. That is Drake. The Drake jokes are tired to me, bro. The album is good. You listen to the album through and through. It'll listen, grow on listen. You. I mess with Drake, one of the one of the best artists of all time, but I've seen a lot better from him. This is a top four project of Drake's. Top five project of Drake's. It is. Come on, man. White Castle trash. Easily. He's talking crazy right now. Last one. Last one because people on this podcast have work to go to tomorrow. Overrated, underrated, rated just right. I think this should be interesting conversation, or it might not be because. We might all agree. Michael Vick. Underrated. Underrated for sure. Yeah, underrated. Underrated? Underrated? What the hell? Nigga's underrated. Y'all, <laughs> uh, y'all smoking. When he came out of jail. The white folks didn't send him to jail for three for, for like two years of his life. We didn't get to see him play. 
Like, oh. Yeah, that was a feel-good story, you know. Longest it was, yard. It, it, was, it was the worst story. It was nothing felt good about it. They sent him to jail for fighting dogs. It was the, it was horrible. Yeah, I know, I know. They, I'm saying, they, you know, it was like a longest yard reunion, in a way. He 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 came out of jail, did his thing, and won comeback player of the year. But if we're looking at the numbers, I know he's a cult hero. Everybody loves Michael Vick. We remember the commercial where the kid is playing like Michael Vick juking guys and all that stuff it was cool but the numbers don't lie like he had a, a strong arm but he wasn't that strong arm is understatement by the way huh um, his arm was crazy beautiful moon ball. Yeah. his arm was crazy yeah. and you would think someone with an arm like that would have better passing numbers but he doesn't like they got better in philly because he wasn't as fast as he used to be he relied on his legs in atlanta a lot more than his arm so I think he was a, a really good player in his time, but I mean, to say he's underrated, I'm like, he's not a Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer, and you're right. His numbers, his numbers don't speak to his whole picture and what he brings to the table. But he changed the game in terms of yeah, his yeah. mobility. Mike, what he was able to do from the quarterback position, his agility. Underrated though. Mike is to foot. Mike Vick is to football what Allen Iverson is to basketball. That's kind of the but way. Under, I but it. underrated though. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like the um, the incident, the dogfighting incident, kind of overshadows him, I agree. As, him I as a agree. player. Like they, they every time you hear Michael Vick's name, it's dogfight. The dog conversation comes up with that. Here comes Peter. Here comes Peter. Oh, Peter, this. Here we go. Like it, it, the minute he the dogfighting thing come up. So I, I don't know, man. We packed him up because I we packed him up. In the middle of his career, in the middle of his prime, I feel like we didn't even get to see it all. So how do I? Fifty. So I'm gonna throw some numbers out there. Fifty-five percent completion percentage, six point nine yards per attempt on passing. To allude to what Miles is talking about, his passing, as strong as that arm was, was really subpar. If we keeping it a stack. Also, percentages were lower back then because they were running spread offense back then. Just to be honest, like he, he, he didn't get the benefit of playing now. And I get it, you can't use that excuse because he, he played when he played and he played, you know, fine. But I don't know when you mix in the ability to throw the ball the way he could. And and especially in Philly, I, Philly was like when it really came together for him, for him from passing, like having Reed and having those guys be his coach. I, I thought and in the years he had with Chip Kelly, too, where they were like ridiculous, they were like 13 and three. Like he was really, really good. He was really, really good. And it came together for him. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like. When you mix that in with the ability to run and make guys miss and the ability to throw that deep ball the way he did, not many guys threw a better one. Um, I would say he's a bit underrated, but that's because, and that's because of, again, I think, I just think that we, we talk more about the, the prison time and the, 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 the charges than we do about his career. So maybe that's why I'm saying that. And maybe I'm just off base, but I just feel like I hear that more often. The, the, what happened to him rubs me the wrong way. It always just rubbed me the wrong way. Always. Not that he should be fighting dogs. But damn, how long was he in jail for? Two years. He missed 2007 two and 2008. Prison body. Yo, people drop. Cops kill black men and don't do no time. Plus, do, those those two years would have been probably the the best years for him. That's six years. Come he on, misses bro. his sixth year in the league and his seventh year, in the, or what would have been his sixth and seventh year in the league. Come on, bro. Yeah, I mean, he was he was coming off a career high, twenty touchdown passes that year. So yeah, I think he would have he would have really ascended at that point. Miles, troll. Yeah. <laughs> if you stay ready, 
You don't gotta get ready. Bishmop ENT, we out. Peace. Peace.